0: Over at the Never Heard of It podcast, we've spent the last four years criticizing people's films and talking about how they could have made them better. Well, you know what? Now it's time to put your money where our mouth is. That's right, the Never Heard of It podcast and Night Shift Radio are making a movie. We are making a brand new sci-fi thriller called Somnium. Somnium is the tale of a brand new app, something kind of like TikTok, where people are able to watch others' dreams, everyone's dreams, anonymously across the world. However, our main character, Adam, starts to see dreams that look all too familiar, including dreams of somebody murdering him. So the question is, who is dreaming of murdering Adam? That's the question we look to answer in our brand new film, Somnium. But we need your help. We need your help in funding so we can pay the amazing crew and the amazing cast of this brand new film. Head to nightshiftradio.com Somnium. Donate what you can. And if you can't, share with 100,000 of your closest friends. Someone out there is going to be a rich weirdo that's going to want to fund this film. So again, nightshiftradio.com slash Somnium. Thank you so much, guys. We look forward to making this movie just for you.
1: My name is Caleb Coy, and all of my life I've had encounters that I couldn't explain. As a child, raised in a deeply religious home, I was taught to believe in an invisible world of spirits, constantly at war. Growing up, I rejected faith. just hallucinations from mold in the wall. In the stories that follow, we offer no explanations, only the truth as it was observed. So join me as Night Ship Radio presents... Before we get into this week's story, don't forget that you can share your true stories of the possibly paranormal with us by emailing possiblynormal at nightshiftradio.com. That said, episode 7, The Stain on the Hardwood Floor. In my early 20s, I moved around a lot. I used to joke that I purposefully owned no more than I could fit into the trunk of my 1997 Pontiac Bonneville, named Isabella by the way. I really did try to feel at home in that house with the mirror hallway, but I just couldn't. And if you've listened to episode four, you already know why. And let's be honest, at nearly 24, I just needed more space than I was going to get at my parents' house. I'm not saying that I was kicked out, but... So I moved back into the city, into a two-family flat in a neighborhood popular with students, musicians, bohemians, and families alike. Our unit was a three-bedroom, one-bathroom, pretty common in this part of town. Rent was cheap, split three ways, and it was close to just about everything. I'm not going to say the house was gorgeous, but it was nice enough and typical for the area. It did have one distinctive feature, however. The downstairs living room floor had a giant, dark stain on the hardwood. Now, the landlord said that it was animal urine— But it looks suspiciously like blood, and we used to joke about that. I don't think any of us actually believed it. Look, the whole point of this show is not drawing specific conclusions, but I would be remiss in leaving out this detail. I told a buddy who's also fascinated by the paranormal all about the weirdness that later happened in this house, including the stain on the hardwood floor, and how it looked like blood. He mentioned it to his mom, who used to work as a nurse in the area. She didn't remember the exact house, but remembered a case, maybe from the 70s, of a man in that vicinity who had murdered several women and buried them under the front porch of his home. That would potentially turn out to be relevant. And help. even if not, it was still scary as shit. Anyway, the story goes. Two friends signed the lease with me. Jared and Allie. We were all eager for a bit of freedom, a fresh start together. Allie stayed in that house for less than two weeks, and I didn't understand why, yet. We talked about this years later because I wanted to hear her story, and I've asked her to write it down for me to share in a later episode. But for the sake of this episode, all I knew at the time was that Allie moved out fast. She barely took any of her stuff. And when it became clear that she wasn't coming back, our friend Jeff moved in and everything was quiet for a while. After the first year, Jared moved out and we were on the search for a third roommate yet again. Someone who knew someone who knew someone had a friend named Lauren who needed a place to stay. It was a simple equation, the kind you didn't think about too much because rent was coming due. And after Lauren moved in, things got weird again. Now, that's not a dig at Lauren. She was fine. And I'm not sure the extent to which she had experiences. But I recall one specific instance. She claims she woke up one night to someone slamming the front door and running through the hall screaming. Whoever it was passed her room and ran right into one of the other bedrooms. So, either mine or Jeff's. Or so she thought. Now, Jeff and I were both sleeping in our respective rooms, and we heard nothing. No slamming door, no footsteps, no screaming. On a lighter note, I do recall waking up one morning wondering where my clothes were, only to find them balled up in the bathtub, soaking wet. I'm not sure that that was paranormal, but none of us could explain it, so I I guess we'll never know. But one night when my girlfriend of the time was over... I woke up in the middle of the night with a massive panic attack. And I don't recall a specific dream, but there was a very familiar sensation. Sleep wasn't safe. And then I felt something tap firmly on my leg. Twice. And so it wanted my attention. No one else was in the room. And the angle was all wrong for it to have been my girlfriend accidentally kicking me or something. But something touched me. Eventually, Lauren moved out. And as you'll see, this whole apartment was a rotating cast of characters. Around the same time, upstairs, uh, my brother's girlfriend, Amanda, had moved in. It was about this time that I, I made a connection These unexplained occurrences were only happening when a woman lived in the house. Not visiting, not staying the night, but actually living in the house. Was something here targeting women? Or was something trying to warn them away? I don't know. Often when I was home alone, I would hear the sounds of people walking around upstairs. With my brother living up there, we had an open door policy and I would just wander up to hang out. But no one was home. So I'd go back downstairs and I'd hear it again later. Now Amanda swore she heard the same thing, footsteps and sounds of movement and activity, in the downstairs apartment when we were all out of town. And after some tough, tough times hit, I ended up moving out of state for a few months to figure my life out. So I left this apartment. But when I eventually came back, and I needed a place to stay temporarily, so I slept on my brother's couch. I had almost forgotten about all the things that had happened. And the residence had changed a bit in both apartments, but just as before, there was a woman living on the second floor, and I didn't think much of that. Until I woke up in the middle of the night to a sensation of just... dread, of terror, of a physical presence in that room standing over my head at the edge of the couch. And I felt a lot like the entrance of the mirror hallway house, of just being enclosed in the darkness. I would love to know for sure if there was something there. I would love to be able to tell you I looked up and saw the professor's demon standing in our living room. I mean... I don't want that, but I would love to have some explanation. But I'm not going to lie to you and pretend that I was brave enough to look. The only thing I was looking for was a new place to live as soon as possible. Fuck that house. But, like, I also want to go back someday. I still feel like there are answers for me somewhere.